Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 103 is entitled The Last Days, Part 8, The Six Stages of the Earth. Mother Earth has gone through many stages. We have the fascinating scientific view of the Earth. They estimate Earth to be about 4.5 billion years old, and the universe is estimated to be about 14 billion years old. Its scientific history is mesmerizing, and science continues to study our terrestrial home. Contrary to what some scientists think, there is no conflict between the scientific view of Earth and the Christian view of Earth. Let science do what science does best. Discover temporal laws. The conflict is in the opinion of who is the creator. However, opinion, no matter how charged with the authority of numbers or academic credentials, does not create one truth. Science claims the universe and all life in it happened by accident. It is a claim that can never be proven. It is a default hypothesis based on the rejection of the existence of God. Their argument runs something like this. The earth exists, therefore there must be a reason for its existence. God does not exist or an intelligent designer does not exist, therefore God did not create the earth. The only explanation is chance, therefore chance created the earth. It puts science in a terrible bind because without perfect order, there would be no earth, no law, and no science. They are faced with the dilemma of explaining how accident creates order, governed by an impeccable system of perfect laws. It is the equivalent of saying that something comes from nothing making order an illusion, which can disappear just as strangely as it appeared. Christianity claims that it occurred by intelligent design, using as evidence the perfect order of the universe. Even scientists agree on the appearance of intelligent design, but they would have to acknowledge the existence of God to actually credit intelligent design. Therefore, they defy all probability and adhere to the improbable theory of accident. Christians cannot prove the existence of God to people who categorically deny the proof while they religiously adhere to its laws. Therefore, it is a standoff. Good Christians can make good scientists just as good scientists can make good Christians. The conflict is an illusion. Science focuses on how the earth was created, and they do a great job. Christians focus on why the earth was created. One can do both at the same time. Here is a peculiar dilemma. Scientists can remain good scientists while denying God because laws were designed by God to act independently. Christians, however, cannot remain good Christians while denying the laws by which God operates. All laws, temporal or spiritual, depend upon the principle of causality. God is a God of law and order. God created both temporal laws and spiritual laws, and to understand God, one must understand his laws. From the biblical perspective, there is a temporal dimension and a spiritual dimension. As science contemplates the temporal dimension, Christianity contemplates the spiritual dimension. One must conclude, however, that anything that has life, including earth, must also have a spirit, for the spirit alone has life in itself. A basic assumption for Christians is that earth was created by God for man, that all men and women were given bodies created in heaven by God. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited, 
I am the Lord, and there is none else. Isaiah 45:18. The psalmist refers to us as children of God. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Psalms 82.6 The Apostle Paul refers to God as the Father of our spirits. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjugation unto the Father of spirits and live? Hebrews 12.9 Paul also refers to us as heirs of God. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Romans eight sixteen through 17 In Genesis we read of the creation of man. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowls of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Genesis 1, 26-27 As science considers the stages of the earth's physical creation, the scriptures tell us of the phases of the earth in our spiritual creation. In fact, just as we were created as spirits in heaven before we were given a temporal body, the earth was also created spiritually before it was created temporally. Moses records, And these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and every plant of the field before it was in the field, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Genesis 2, 4-6 It was only after the earth was temporally created that our spirits were given a physical body. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Genesis 2, 7 A living soul consists of both a spirit created in heaven and a body created on earth. The first stage of the earth was spiritual. The second stage of the earth was physical. Then a unique thing happened. The Garden of Eden was created and placed eastward in Eden. In the Garden of Eden, there was no death. Adam was taken out of the natural world and placed into the Garden of Eden. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Genesis 2, 8 Of course, then came forth Lucifer and tempted Adam and Eve. They ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and were therefore cast out of the Garden of Eden and put back into the world as we know it today. In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life. In the Garden of Eden, the fruit of the tree of life gave their physical bodies immortality. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now... Lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, 
to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Genesis 3.22-24 The Lord prevented them from eating of the fruit of the tree of life after they had eaten of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because death became necessary after the fall to release them from the power of Satan. Only through death and the resurrection can we be reclaimed from the fall. It appears from the story that the earth has three stages, first spiritual, second physical, and third immortal. In the Garden of Eden, there was no death. Outside the Garden of Eden, after having partaken of the forbidden fruit, the physical world changed to a temporal world. In other words, it was ruled by time bringing death into the world. Eve was created in the Garden of Eden, but Adam wasn't. He was created in the physical world and then placed in the Garden of Eden. Moses tells us that Adam and Eve had to leave the Garden of Eden and go back into the physical world, which had undergone a dramatic change from physical to temporal. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Genesis 3.23 the phrase, from whence he was taken, suggests that Adam was actually originally created from a mortal body in the physical world, outside of the Garden of Eden. And only in the Garden of Eden, where he could eat of the tree of life, was he given immortality. As long as he stayed in the garden, he would live forever. Eve, however, though created in the Garden of Eden, also had the same genetic makeup as Adam. Moses records, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Genesis 2, 21-25 That explains why Adam and Eve had the potential for both a mortal body, they came out of the physical world, and an immortal body. They were placed in the Garden of Eden where they had access to the Tree of Life. The tree of life was actually a kind of fountain of youth. The tree of knowledge of good and evil apparently had ingredients that caused a tremendous change in the bodies of Adam and Eve. Death was contained in the forbidden tree. Not knowledge. In fact, they were commanded not to even touch the tree. Its contents were so potent. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Genesis 3, 3. Mortality brought experience, and experience brought knowledge. The fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil was not a smart pill. It was a death pill. It changed the composition of their bodies. Obviously, there was something in the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that gave them mortality and brought death into the Garden of Eden. They also became sexual beings, for now they had sexual desires. Before eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they had no sexual desire. They didn't even know they were naked. 
Had they quickly eaten of the fruit of the tree of life, after eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they would have never died. They would have lived forever. That explains why the Lord did the following. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Genesis 3.24 It wasn't the Garden of Eden that was forbidden to them. That was incidental. It was the tree of life in the Garden of Eden that was forbidden to them. It would have destroyed the plan of salvation if Adam and Eve had eaten of the fruit of the tree of life after having tasted the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge of good and evil apparently didn't come from the fruit itself. Knowledge of good and evil came from experience in a mortal world. Our first parents were incredibly intelligent people, and they learned from experience to know the good from the evil. They could never learn that in the Garden of Eden because there was no opposition. Only in a fallen world was there opposition. Therefore, Adam and Eve were sent from an immortal world back into the physical world from whence they came. We live in that same world. We live in a temporal world measured by time. In the Garden of Eden, there was no arrow of time because there was no death. One day was just like the other. In our mortal world, entropy gives time its arrow, moving from order to disorder, from life to death. We all now live in the fourth or temporal stage of the world. However, as Christians, we know that we live in end time, or the time just prior to the second coming of the Messiah. The fifth stage that the earth will go through will be the millennium, talked about in the previous podcast. There will be death in the millennium, but not as we experience it. Entropy is much slower, and man will live to the age of a tree. The first thing that will happen prior to the second coming of Christ is that all wicked will be destroyed. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord hath spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the ear do languish. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the law, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. Isaiah 24, 3-6 The earth will undergo another physical change. It will be sanctified and governed by a higher set of laws. It appears that the earth may even be moved out of its present system, which will require a new set of laws. We are told that there will be a new heavens and a new earth. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. Isaiah 65, 17 Only the righteous will be left. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. 2 Peter 3.13 Earth will be like a garden of Eden. And they shall say, This land that was desolate is become like a garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Ezekiel 36:35 All enmity will be gone and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks nation shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war any more
Even enmity among nature will cease. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. Isaiah 65.25 Truth shall prevail, science shall advance, knowledge shall fill the earth. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. Isaiah 11.9 Christ shall reign, seated upon his throne in glory for a thousand years. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Matthew twenty-five thirty-one. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Revelation 24. People will not die until they are old. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die an hundred years old, but the sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be accursed. Isaiah 65.20 Satan will be bound. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Revelation 20, 1 through 2. At the end of the thousand years, we are told that Satan will be loosed for a little season. And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Revelation 23. Then the earth enters into its final stage. Again, it is taken out of its former orbit. It will become the permanent home of Jesus Christ and all those who are joint heirs with him. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these things are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Revelation 21 In this podcast we have addressed the six stages of the earth as described in the Holy Bible. First, the spiritual stage. Second, the physical stage. Third, the Garden of Eden stage. Fourth, the temporal or mortal stage. Fifth, the millennial stage. And sixth, the celestial stage. In our next podcast, we will focus entirely on the sixth or final stage of the earth, the celestial stage. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity 
is available at RonaldMesser.com.